0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Ma Fengwo, spelled M-A-F-E-N-G-W-O, which means hornet's nest, sometimes also translated as wasp nest, is the trip advisor of China. Well, not quite, but kind of. You can search for user-generated itineraries to almost any imaginable destination on there and then book the suggested accommodation right on the website or in the app.
0: Now, why would you name your company after such a creature, you ask? Well, apparently, at least inside a real hornet's hive, it's a harmonious communist society and all the insects share and help each other. And so that's what the founders of Ma Feng had in mind when they created the company a place where everyone would upload their travel guides unselfishly and share their best travel tips, as world travelers are apt to do.
1: And for a while, it seemed to work. After being founded in 2006, Ma Wuo has had a slow but steady climb and now boasts 100 million users, 920,000 international hotels, and 21 million real reviews, zhenshi covering 200 countries. A very generous ecosystem of sharers, but then it all changed.
0: Last week, a blogger named Ding Zichuan, who operates the WeChat account Xiao Sheng Bibi, together with a three-person data analytics firm called Shenzhen Hurei Data, published an article with the following title: Ma Fengwo, the startup valued at 2.5 billion dollars, is actually a ghost town constructed on
1: zombie accounts and fake reviews. In it, Ding and Hu alleged that a whopping 18 million of the 21 million so called real reviews were fake. That's more than 85%. Immediately, this became the top headline across Chinese tech news for the week. And it's still ongoing, with Ma Feng having already filed a lawsuit against Hu and Ding for defamation. In this episode, we are joined by guest host Eva Wu who
0: will attempt to unravel this hornet's net with us, <laughs> total pun intended, and take a look inside the world of fake user-generated content in China. How does this happen? What are the consequences? Is it the industry norm? Let's find out.
2: The president's key economic team goes to China. Uh, after a whole night banking, I say, I still wanna do it. <laughs>
0: Hi, everyone. We are tech Buzz China by Pandaily, powered by the Seneca
1: Podcast Network. We are a new weekly podcast focused on giving you a peek into what's buzzing within the tech community in China.
0: We uncover and contextualize unique insights, perspectives, and takeaways on headline tech news that don't always make it into English language coverage, so you can be smarter about the world of China tech.
1: tech Buzz China is a part of Pandaily.com, an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. I am one of your two co-hosts, Yingying Lu. And
0: I'm your other co-host, Ray Ma. We have a special announcement to make this week, and that is... Surprise! We are in New York City this week, and we want to meet you. That's right, you can find us on Friday, November 2nd from 6 to 8 p.m. at Westville Dumbo in Brooklyn. Please email our host, office at subchina.com to RSVP and get your first two drinks free on us.
1: Come, we'll have Tech Buzz swag and maybe you'll even get featured in the promo video we're making. We'd like to give a shout out to our partners, Deal Street Asia
0: and SubChina, creator of the Seneca Podcast Network. In addition to Tech Buzz, you can also find the Seneca Podcast, a weekly discussion of current affairs on China.
1: There's also new voices. A podcast on women, as well as the new business oriented China Econ Talk, and of course, the Tyson Seneca Business Brief from China's leading business magazine. Check those out too.
0: And oh, yeah, if you enjoy listening to us, please take the time to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Facebook, or wherever you get your podcast. So, before we start, can you introduce yourself, Eva, to our tech buzzers tuning
2: in? Hey ladies, good to be here. I'm Eva Wu, spelled W-O-O, and I'm a former journalist with South China Morning Post, a Hong Kong newspaper, Bloomberg, and Taijing, previously covering Asia economic and business news. And now, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've known Ray quite a while now. Since we're both living in Asia and found that we had a shared passion for telling the biggest Asian innovation stories of our time, I'm really excited to be on TechBus to tell the story of Ma Fenghuo and fake reviews.
1: Welcome, Eva! I know this story didn't get too much attention in the English media, because let's face it, at $2.5 billion, Ma Fenguo is a really minor Chinese unicorn, but it did stir up a storm of controversy in China including, as we said earlier, a lawsuit. And I'm so glad you're here to talk about it with us.
0: I agree. As an entirely Chinese-facing website with no international users, it makes sense that this wasn't a big deal in the West. But it really belies a far bigger problem of content and data integrity in Chinese tech.
2: So Eva, tell us about the problem. Okay, guys. Imagine you're on TripAdvisor, and you stumble upon the review that starts like this. Quote, translated by the concise Chinese-English dictionary, colon, for our fifth anniversary, my foodie husband and I decided to go on a wine tour of Tuscany. Unquote. How would you feel? You probably wouldn't trust the authenticity of that review, nor the quality of the winery. Even worse, you might seriously question how much you should rely on that website to guide you toward finding you the right destination for your travel needs.
1: Uh, a review that starts with translated by a dictionary? Of course not! That just screams, this is fake.
0: Well, that's basically what China's Tripadvisor, aka Ma Fengwo, is being accused of. That review you just heard is representative of many on Ma Fengwo's website that was allegedly generated by paid posters, many of which are bots.
2: Basically, it all started when someone at data startup Poo Ray got food poisoning from Tikka. They gave the restaurant a bad review but were then accused by the restaurant owner of being a malicious paid poster. They were so pissed that they decided to develop a product to detect fake reviews and quite randomly picked Ma Feng Wu as their first target. Because, you know, according to them, their ads were everywhere. So they thought that Ma Feng Wu must be very popular and must have a lot of data with which to train their algorithm. Super ironic, right? It's true, Ma Fung-wo had spent over $20 million in
0: advertising for the recent World Cup, so their ads were indeed everywhere. Little did they expect, though, that those ads would bring upon them this detailed forensic investigation
1: by Hu Ray. Hu Ray's investigation showed that of the 21 million user reviews on Ma Fenghuo's website, 85%, or 18 million of them, were fake. And not the quote-unquote original reviews the company claimed to have. According to them, 7,454 fake user accounts were involved in plagiarizing and faking content, some copying and transferring content directly from rival sites, including Ctrip, Elong, Meituan Dianping, and even the English ones we said earlier, like Agoda and Yelp, using online translators.
2: In some cases, the bots were so poorly designed that they weren't even smart enough to take out the lines translated by an online dictionary, which began the review we heard earlier. In fact, many of Ma reviews have very visible traces of the sites they were ripped up from, including direct references or URL fragments to Yelp, for example. Because Chinese tourists are increasingly going global, as you know. I mean, it's Honestly, amazing no one wrote about this before. The transgressions are so obvious.
0: Yeah, the fake users, for example, left a comment trail with conflicting identity information in terms of gender, time, and location. For example, in one review they may have a husband, the next a girlfriend. Well, actually, I'm not quite sure why that's not possible, especially in San Francisco. But okay, this next example is really bad. So sometimes, the bot even grabbed the text of the advertisement that was next to the review at the time of the screen capture for some truly laughable results. Like, in one, you can see text for an
1: ad for a private investigator in one of the reviews. And you know what else was suspicious? Mafenguo users were overwhelmingly more active in certain periods during certain years of the company's decade-year history than others, Plus, large numbers of reviews were being posted during work hours, as opposed to on weekends when most other review sites get their user reviews, as you'd expect. Hu postulated that some of the fake accounts were actually owned by Ma staff. These are the same staff, by the way, who seem to also win most of the special prizes given out on the site. These
2: shocking accusations were well-documented. The original post is full of screen captures that highlight the problematic pages. Maybe because it was full of evidence, it quickly went viral on Chinese internet. As expected, Mafenguo PR quickly dismissed it as a malicious, organized attack, full of exaggerations. By the company's own count, less than 3% of total content was problematic, since reviews only account for a small fraction of total content on the site. There are blogs, itineraries, forums, videos, etc. They also blamed online marketers for the forged reviews. Ma Funguo had to
0: act quickly and aggressively because this expose literally came at the worst time possible. I mean, they're in the middle of fundraising. It's true that the company is already backed by some of the best investors in the business, including Tomasek, Hill House, General Atlantic, and Capital Today, but this August, it was leaked that Mafenguo is in the middle of raising $300 million at a valuation of up to $2.5 billion. Again, it's not a bite dance by any
1: means, but not shabby either. In Mafenguo's business means that its reviews are super important, which is why this article was not just devastating in terms of timing, but Also, generally the content. That's right. Mafengwo, as you probably have understood
2: by now, is an online social travel platform well-known for its user-generated content and social engagement features. It also offers travel booking services such as flight and train tickets and hotel reservations. Advertising and commissions from transactions are their two main revenue streams. At the end of last year, co-founder Lu Gang said about half of the company's revenue is from advertisers and the other half from being a marketplace, selling flight tickets, hotel, and travel products. And just how much revenue
0: was there? Well, according to Jing Travel, in 2017, Ma Fung-wo had $1.5 billion in sales, 63,000 transactions, and
1: over 100 million monthly active users. But it's still a second-tier player in the gigantic Chinese online travel market. According to Analysis Yiguan in Q1 2018, Ctrip and Ctrip-backed tunar together account for 53.6%, over half of the market, while Alibaba's Flicky, or Feiju, was about 15%. Ma feng-wo is behind all of these guys. Then again, the market's huge.
2: That's because Ma feng-wo plays in a smaller niche. While C Trip and Trinar are your traditional mainstream travel booking sites focused mostly on search, Ma Feng Wu and Chongyou use user generated content to drive traffic.
0: Which explains why the often cited 21 million reviews are critical for Ma Feng to demonstrate the active user engagement on its website. So, these reviews are also how Ma Feng can charge businesses for advertising especially those with unique assets, such as boutique hotels, who might not do
1: as well on Trip's one-stop shop platform. Ma Fengwo understands that the user's first step of planning any trip is not the actual booking process, but the decision of where to go, which is why it's content-driven and started with travelers' blogs.
2: Honestly, in the past, I've stumbled upon many Ma Fengwo blogs while doing travel planning online, and some of them are quite good. Most of them seem to be authentic, they have a voice, they're informative with lots of tips, and tons of pictures and videos attached. Many of my Chinese friends living in China agree. They do regularly use it to come up with itinerary and destination ideas. However, such content is incredibly
0: hard to scale and monetize, which is why Ma will eventually transitioned into more of a review business, hence our comparison of it to TripAdvisor.
1: And it turns out reviews are hard to grow within a short amount of time, and under the pressure of scaling quickly, it appears Wu management found a more creative way to make its KPIs go up and to the right.
0: And now we're back to where we started, which is this controversy of fake data, namely fake reviews. Now that you understand why the reviews are so important to Wu's business, it makes sense why the company is fighting back so hard. As we mentioned before, it's already filed suit against Hu Rai and Ding for defamation in Beijing, accusing them
2: of a malicious and organized attack. But obviously, the defendants are not given in. Ding Zichuan put out an official statement that their investigation was purely organic and not founded by Ma Fengwa's enemies, as they insinuate Ding also pointed out that Fengwo has been hard at work erasing the evidence, although you can find the fake reviews easily via web archive. Hu Ray pointed out that even with Fengwo's core blocks, at least 7% are suspected to be infomercials by paid posters. As Ding put it, plagiarizing and paid posting are so rampant on Chinese internet that it has almost become a consensus or an unspoken rule. They just made the greater public more aware of it.
1: Yeah, plagiarizing and paid posts are both pretty self-explanatory, but let's talk a bit about the latter anyway. In China, paid posters are called shuijun, which technically means navy. Why navy? Well, it comes from the fact that many navies in the old days were basically mercenaries for hire, and that's what these guys are. They're posters for hire you pay them some nominal amount of money, like a dollar or less, and there are tens of thousands or just thousands of them ready to do whatever you need.
0: They'll do anything, like write fake reviews or comments, repost stuff, report and flag posts, etc. While in the early days, these were mostly done by real people, nowadays, more and more, they're the work of bot farms. You guys think Twitter and Facebook are the only ones with a fake account problem? think again. The Chinese government, by the way, has been contemplating laws to make such activities illegal. But I think it's probably going to take a while to enforce.
2: Just out of curiosity, the other day I did a random search on Taobao with the keywords ma feng wu plus dian review. It yielded at least 5 travel content marketers. For $150 a month or less, Vendors will write infomercials guaranteed to be prominently featured travel blog on Mafenguo. There are also Mafenguo accounts for sale, as well as Python web scraping services and review writing services, many of which are AI-powered, by the way. They're available for less than $1 per review. Infomercial blogs, not just for Mafenguo but other travel sites, have higher price tags, ranging from $50
1: to $80 bucks per piece. In fact, the plagiarism and fake reviews are so rampant that it's one of the main reasons why, according to one report, none of the other Chinese travel sites have come out and sued or even complained about Mafenguo, because all the other travel sites do it too. In fact, they all lift content from each other so freely that this is almost a victimless crime. And it's
2: not just the travel sector, by any means. ByteDance's Total has gotten in trouble for copyright issues, being accused and sued by news media and internet aggregators like Tencent, Sohu, and Weibo. But Toutiao has been a victim too. Most recently in May, ByteDance's CEO accused Tencent's short video app Weishi of borrowing video content from TikTok. The video plagiarizing was so popular that there are online tutorials teaching people how to scrape video content from one site to another without being noticed. So what you're saying, Eva, is
0: that while the actual scale of the scandal might be controversial, I mean, 85% fake reviews is a lot, but the fact is, many internet industry insiders in China don't really think it's such a big deal. And that's why Ding Zichuan is so upset, right? Because this controversy to many is not controversial at all. It's become an accepted practice to fake content.
2: My opinion is that when investors only focus on numbers over the quality of the business, and certain KPIs equate to dollar signs in fundraising, plus there's no way to scale those numbers as quickly as the hungry founders and investors want. Combine that with the lack of proper due diligence and low price for misconduct,
1: then is it any wonder that entrepreneurs decide to be creative? Indeed, the upside is much higher than the downside. At this point, I'm afraid that hiring paid posters and copy-pasting plagiarized content are probably original sins almost every entrepreneur in China has committed.
0: And just how much do investors know? Are they oblivious? Or are they part of the game helping internet companies like Ma Wu dress up their numbers before going for fundraising and IPOing in the U.S.? That's not my conspiracy theory. That's what Chinese netizens are wondering. I mean, Ma Fung-we has actually put out an official statement saying that they don't expect this data controversy to affect their plans of going IPO on the NASDAQ at all. They still expect that to happen within the next two to three years. I'm not joking.
2: Well, maybe the investors don't know, because at least for Ma Fungwo, there was a dramatic growth in user activities during the times when the company was fundraising. So it could be argued that the data was faked in preparation for the fund. Either way though, it seems like maybe investors should hire firms like Hooray to dig deeper into prospective investments because I'm sure there are plenty more skeletons to be found. And it may be good for business too. Because, at least anecdotally, it
0: seems that millennials in China actually do care about the authenticity of the product they're using, and they want to connect with other passionate users, not bots. While it is true that there are some in China who take a really utilitarian view, like those people who believe that, oh, whatever, even if these reviews are plagiarized, they're still somewhat useful to me, those people, they tend to be older, mostly over 40, the younger folk do not think this is cool at all. So maybe changing user behavior can drive some of these entrepreneurs to think twice before engaging
2: in these shady practices. Eva, before we end, what are your final thoughts on this story? I really liked working on this episode with you guys because it shines some light on how these Chinese internet companies are managing to grow so rapidly to make their investors happy. That is, with the unfortunate attitude that the ends justify the means. It also makes me wonder how much we could really trust some of the phenomenal user data reported by these Chinese internet companies. I know. It sounds like
0: we need more people like Ding Zichuan and the folks over at Huawei to keep these companies in check. Ding, by the way, was the same guy who exposed the Chinese Redcore browser for being just the skin of Google Chrome a few months back. I don't know if you guys remember that scandal. Huh. This guy is fearless. Hopefully, knowing that more and more people are watching and paying attention will keep more and more Chinese
1: entrepreneurs honest. Well said, Ray. And investors, too. They should be more demanding and rigorous in their due diligence. Anyway, there definitely need to be repercussions because it's the consumer who's hurt and cheated out of their hard-earned cash at the end of the day.
0: All right. One last thing before we end, everyone.
2: How can our tech buzzers find you, Eva? probably easiest to reach me on Twitter at my name, which is spelled at E-V-A-W-O-O. And my LinkedIn name is the same, Eva Wu, E-V-A-W-O-O. Thanks, everyone.
1: Okay, that's all for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. We really enjoyed putting this together, and we're always open to any comments or suggestions. Thank you also to co-working space One Piece Palo Alto for hosting this recording on a Saturday night. You can find us on Twitter at ThePanDaily, at China, and my personal Twitter account is spelled G-I-N-Y, G-I-N-Y.
0: And my Twitter is spelled R-U-I-M-A. We'll be back here same time next week. Tech Buzz China by Pandaily is powered by the Seneca Podcast Network. Pandaily.com is an English language site that tells you everything about China's innovation. Our producers are Bonnie Zhang and Kaiser Guo. Our intern is Wang Menglu.